right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever Small Ball Market Podcast. How are we doing over there, boys? I'm doing great. I'm doing pretty good myself. All right. After uh, what has probably been 45 minutes of technical difficulties because of Wyatt's shoddy computer. Hey, do not give me crap for this. (laughs) (laughs) We are up and rolling. Wyatt and I are sharing a mic right now. Yeah, Yeah, so so it will change in the near future. I already interrupted. I'm sorry. (laughs) If anybody wants to start a start a running count of how many times why interrupt somebody, now would be a good time to make the first tally. All right. So the first thing on our agenda is going to be small market basketball teams we're excited for that have been making moves in the offseason. Anybody got any thoughts? I personally feel like the small ball market team that I personally am the most excited to watch is probably the Mavericks when they added Luka Doncic because he's just going to make all of their players better with his court vision. I'm really excited to see him play with Dirk for his final year and that he's going to get to learn from Dirk because Dirk is going to be able to give him all of his wisdom from the past, what is it, 21 seasons that he's been in the league? Luka Doncic and a 400-year-old Dirk Nowitzki are going to single-handedly win the NBA Finals. I don't know what you're what talking about. He could out. He could. He could outrun Peyton Manning. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've seen it. Um, um, I'm excited to see Dennis Smith Jr. in his next season. Yeah. He's uh, I think he's going to have a way better season, and he's had a year of development, and I think he's going to take a big jump next year. And I expect to see some good things with him in the backcourt with Luca, and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree with Wyatt 100%. I was actually going to say the Mavericks before he said it, but uh, yeah, exactly. But um, there are some other teams, obviously. There are other teams with some great young picks like the Phoenix Suns and DeAndre Ayton. They're just looking really interesting, but they're not the team that I'm going with. The team that I'm excited to see the most is the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that they had one of the most like underrated acquisitions of the offseason in Brooke Lopez. That team has just been pretty god awful at like basically everything Everything. outside of Giannis. (laughs) And he's just and obviously he's a freak of nature and he looks yoked out during this offseason. If any of you guys have seen what he looks like recently. Yes, I did. Oh my god, (laughs) massive. Yeah. And man, he's I think that Brooke Lopez will probably – he's probably the second best player on that team now because he wasn't playing much for the Lakers in the last year, but when he was uh, – he was still a good player on the Nets. I have no idea why. Like no one is well, – he's kind of lost his value, but he's still a good – he's a good shooter. He's still one of the best offensive centers in the league. He's not quite as good at defense as his brother Robin, but uh, – It's because anybody that plays for the Nets is garbage. Well, yeah, because after spending time in that dumpster fire of an organization, it just rubs off on you. They're one of the other teams that I'm excited to watch, though. <laughs> they're, they're, they're also on that list, too. The I mean, Brooklyn they're basically dumpster uh, fires. No, you mean the Brooklyn Trailblazers. I know, I know you just said Brooke Lopez is your second best player on that Bucks team. I have to disagree with you. You can't discount Chris Middleton. Oh God! No, you really can't. He was almost an All Star last year. You're you're actually right. Yeah, he is. He's a three and D guy. They go to him in the clutch. He's their clutch player. They go to him more than Giannis. Well, that's because Giannis can't shoot worth a damn. Giannis develops a jumper. He'll. Oh my God. I mean, he's he's already really good. Obviously, don't get me wrong, but that's like he's on a long list of people that if they just develop jumpers, then they would be godly. Literally, how do you guard that? (laughs) He's down the court in three steps. You can't, you can't, you can't teach that. <laughs> he is, he is very long. That is a, that is a fact. Okay, well, well, what about you? What's the team that you're most excited for? Yes, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> you're goddamn right. What's your favorite part about them? Devin, well, Devin Booker absolutely slayed out on my fantasy team last year, so I love him. He's still lost. Don't bring it up. It's a source of <laughs> for those of you at home. Wyatt won our fantasy league. <laughs> He takes every minute he can to remind us of it. Um, no, I also think uh, Devin Booker has been in the gym, just like uh, just like Giannis has been. Um, they got a freshly haircut Alfred Payton, 
who might actually be able to shoot free throws now that his hair's not bouncing the ball around. I was going to say that's the biggest step he could have taken in uh, improving his game is cutting that hair of his. Well, you see him when he shoot when he actually shoots free throws, it it hits his hair. And it I, I would say he shoots like he shoots low 70s, high 60s free throws. It's terrible. Alfred Payton's no longer on the Suns. What? He got traded to uh, he signed with the Pelicans, I believe. You're joking. Yeah, white right. Yeah, he signed with the Pelicans. I'm when crushed. they got rid of Rondo, he signed with the Pelicans. Scrap the whole podcast. Although they're another small market team that's going to be really interesting too with the addition of Julius Randle and um, Alfred Payton. I'm, I'm actually excited to see Alfred Payton in a bigger role. He's going to take the Rondo role for the Pelicans now that Rondo's on the Lakers. So what you're saying is he's going to lock down the Blazers in the first round next year. I don't even want to say anything. <laughs> I think I hurt them. That's, uh, that's a little bit sore. But all I heard you say was uh, Julius Randle's better than DeMarcus Cousins, and I, I am fully on board for it. Uh, I don't think that was the hot take he was going for. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to say Julius Randle's better than DeMarcus Cousins, but at least Julius Randle can stay on the floor. Are you really going after a guy who tore his Achilles in January? I'm going after a guy that went to the Warriors. Yeah. Okay. 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 He's like that's, right. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> all, all bets are off when you join the Warriors. He's a bigger snake than KD. <laughs> but guys, we're going off brand right now. We can't be talking about the Warriors. You want to know why? Because they get too much coverage already. Here at Small Ball Market, we're here to cover the teams that don't get enough. Warriors, you've seen way too much over the last two years. We don't care that you got cousins. We want to know what the Phoenix Suns are doing, what the Trailblazers are doing, obviously. But Kevin Durant is so goddamn funny. <laughs> He's just the shameless podcast plug. The self-promotion is brilliant. I just did your fucking podcast. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, brings us to a good topic, I guess. CJ versus Kevin Durant, boxing ring, who wins? <laughs> Kevin uh. Durant in a <laughs> Kevin Durant's wingspan is like ten feet long. Exactly, CJ wouldn't even be able to get a hit on him. Who do you think has who? who whose BMI do you think is lower? I, I feel like I feel like CJ might actually be bulkier than Kevin Durant. That man is like skin and bones. That doesn't take away from the fact that he would probably kick the living hell out of CJ in a fight. All he's got to do is like a Spaceballs dark helmet, just put his hand on top of CJ's head and he could just swing at him and then he'll just miss every single time. The likelihood that we appeal to a demographic that knows what Spaceballs is is very, very low. I know. I can't believe I just brought up Spaceballs in our inaugural podcast. It's a good reference. It's just the classic older brother, little brother kind of thing. Oh my god. You get the picture. Okay, so back to the Phoenix Suns without Alfred Payton. Devin Booker is still pretty raw. And what? They also have the number one overall draft pick in DeAndre Ayton, and I'm still big on him. I was getting there. So you can go. Oh, I mean, he's going to be the rookie of the year unanimously. Easy. It's going to be Doncic. You're so wrong. It's going to be Marvin Bagley. It's going to be Trey Young. I couldn't even say that without laughing. Trey Young's this. a bust. You hear it here. Not first. A lot of people are saying he's a bust. Ready for this steamy hot take? Ready? Yeah. He plays for the Utah Jazz. Grayson Allen, rookie of the year. Ted Cruz Zodiac Killer is not winning the rookie of the year. Okay. And also, I want, I'm not going to try and like turn this back to the Suns. I don't want to talk about the Jazz because they were pretty good last year. And I mean, I believe they're going to be a good team next year, too. But the person we forgot to talk about on the Suns that is a huge addition for them is Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza, yeah. A huge addition for them and a huge loss for the Rockets, which is good because we hate I, the team. I personally exactly. think Phoenix could be a borderline playoff team this year oh, with the addition of Trevor team. Ariza. 100%. And Josh Jackson's going to be better. 100% playoffs. You're guaranteeing playoffs for the Suns right now. At least a 7 seed. I guarantee a 10 seed. I was going to say 10 seed. Nah. So wrong. Brandon Knight's coming back from injury, though. Brandon Knight's coming back from injury for point guard, who's a pretty good point guard. Tell me, though, Cody, who do they knock out? Who's not in the playoffs instead of them? If you say the Portland Trailblazers, I'm going to cry. I won't say anything then. Okay. (laughs) I personally, wait, if wait, Phoenix... Wait, 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 let me, let me say one thing. 
of all the non-playoff teams who you're choosing to make the playoffs and knock the players out, you really don't think that team's going to be the Lakers and not the Suns. Like, someone's got to take the spot. Lakers are going to take someone's spot. So that means there's going to be another team that made it last year. See, yeah, I actually, I personally think people, I'm gonna, I might get some hate for this, but I think the Timberwolves are going to take a step back because I think there's too much problem in their locker room. Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns are all going at each other's throats. And honestly, I don't want to say this, but I think Utah might take a step back too. Because Donovan Mitchell, while he's amazing, they haven't they weren't expected to make the playoffs last year. And I don't know, maybe it was a rookie fluke and they just they won a lot of games. Donovan I'm going Mitchell's not a rookie fluke. You don't think so? I was gonna say I'm not gonna I'm going the opposite way. Yeah, I think I, I think, think Jazz are going up. I think Utah could be a top three seed in the West. Yeah, I, I got Jazz at the four. Yeah, I let's the see West. of all the of all the teams in the West, like Warriors, Rockets. Who is legitimately better than the Jazz at this point? Outside of those two teams, it's just it's just like last year. I mean, the the three seed held by the Blazers was separated from the eight seed by what two games? Exactly. Utah nearly had it last year. There's no, no separation. The teams that are going to take a real step back are going to be well. The Clippers didn't make the playoffs, but they're going to be worse next year without DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. They're going to. I see them being the 14th or 13th they're team in the rebuild win. mode. They're in full rebuild mode. There's no way they're going to be that good. What are you guys talking about? They locked up Avery Bradley. <laughs> if Avery but, Bradley's your best player, you got problems. But two teams that get better during the offseason, too, and that's the Denver Nuggets. Oh, my God. And I haven't also, thought about Denver. <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies are going to be healthy next year with Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. Guys, guys, let's, no, Memphis isn't making the playoffs. They're going to be, they're not going to be that What about good. Dylan Brooks, man? You're an Oregon player. You're an Oregon student. Yeah, they're still not making the playoffs next year. Just let's, you know, let's talk about Denver for a second. Um, so good. They added Isaiah Thomas. Shout out they to already boy, know. Will Barton. And, oh, man. That's, and Mason, Plum Dog. Plum Dog Millionaire, we miss him. That's another. We got the we got the Brooklyn Trailblazers and we got the, the, the Denver, Denver Trailblazers. <laughs> we have all teams to look for. We all have a bunch of teams to root for. I like seriously, just listen just look at this uh lineup that they have going there. They have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Jokic, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and Isaiah Thomas. Those are your six best guys right there. Thing. I would want that. I would want that on any team. That's a solid five to six seed right there, brother. Honestly, they yeah, they're gonna because I mean they barely missed the playoffs this last year. There you and go. You asked you asked ask who else is gonna bump the Blazers out of the out of the playoffs? The Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the honestly. Sacramento Kings are gonna be terrible. I watched them in summer league this year, and literally. Their starting lineup in Summer League could actually be their starting lineup for the regular season. It was De'Aaron Fox. Can't remember who the shooting guard was, but they had Justin Jackson, who was a good contributor on the bench. I don't know what small forward they would have in front of him. They had Harry Giles, and they had Marvin Bagley as their starting lineup in Sacramento for the Summer League. And they still lost a lot of games. Yeah, even even if they're not starters, those are all definitely big rotation players, big minute players on the Kings. I want to know your guys' personal opinion on Bagley. I haven't I haven't watched enough of him to to have an opinion on anything. I mean, I know he's good; he's a solid player, but I don't see anything big coming from him. Uh, I think he he's gonna be a he. Almost seems like he's gonna be Boogie two a big stats bad team kind of guy. It's he's just, gonna put up empty stats. Yeah, it'll be just an empty stats guy once again, and it's. And then help the Kings get anywhere. Because, I mean, I like Fox. I really do. But I got, he also almost seems like a stats bad team kind of guy. It's just that team's going to, they're going to have some like fun moments, but they're not going to do anything. I, I am very excited to see Bagley in the same lineup as Collie Stein. I think that would be a very fun lineup together. I tried to be big on Collie Stein. But yeah, you he picked him up and dropped him every other week in fantasy. We know you wanted Collie Stein to be good. <laughs> exactly. He did okay sometimes. Yeah, he. I will. He was a type. He's the type of guy that could double double one night and then drop two and three the next. Yeah, that exactly. was for sure. so, so inconsistent. inconsistent. I'm really excited to see Harry Giles though too, especially since he spent the entire last summer, not just last summer, the whole last season, not playing a single game. He was the number one high school 
prospect and he went into college and he tore his was it his ACL? I think so. I think, I think he, he tore his ACL. ACL and I just remember it was a really bad injury and he missed pretty much most of the college season and then came back. Sacramento decided to pick him up last year with the 20th pick in the draft in the 2017 draft. And it could turn out to be a steal because he he looked really good in summer league. He had a jumper. He could attack the basket. He got rebounds. He could assist. He still he had a little bit of a spring in his step too, and I'm really hopeful that he's going to stay healthy for the next season. Well, we got to hope that spring is still there. Isaiah Thomas. I hope the spring is still there. God damn, man. He's, he's on a one-year deal, and I think he's going to get paid next summer. Well, he has to perform. I mean, it's a contract. He's going to perform good, and I think he's going to perform good. I think he's going to be the starting point guard for Denver. Honestly, do they really have a guy who's like taking those shots in the last few minutes? Like, I mean, they Will Barton was Gary Harris. Gary Harris was their guy. It was Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. Like, they didn't really have a true point guard because Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are both kind of more twos, and right. Will is obviously a two. We remember from his time in Portland, he was not a point guard. <laughs> they tried it. They tried it so hard. I, I really think Isaiah Thomas, so with his even just his vision – you know, like the five foot nine vision he's got, and he can see over so many people. See under but, so uh, many people. He's still he's still got pretty good vision, oh, and wow. uh, I think he'll make the younger guys. He they can learn a lot from him, and he'll make them better. It just depends on the Isaiah Thomas that we're getting. It might he you never know if he's going to kind of go into that mode of like. I'm the best guy here. He like, is. But, yeah, well, he probably is the best guy there. But Jokic. I mean, if he yeah, or Jokic, pro- maybe it's probably Jokic actually, who's their star. But uh, if a Isaiah, year ago but it was I- Isaiah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> last year's season was just so atrocious for him that he was just. He was coming back from injury. I'm not. I'm giving him the benefit of a doubt. He was oh, coming I am back too. from injury. He got did so dirty. Oh my god. He lost. Like probably almost a hundred million dollars. Oh, he played himself easy. Yeah, I mean, I hope he could even play himself back into like five million a year at least. His next season, that'd be huge. Well, how old is he? He's twenty nine. I can look at it right now. It's late twenties. He's not. He's twenty nine. He's He's got time. He's got time for sure. But yeah, he's only been in the league for six years. That's crazy. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, plenty of time. Yeah. He can get something out of it. He'll he'll never. I don't think he'll ever get that big contract that he wanted. But you never but, know. Yeah, I think Denver's the perfect situation for him because they needed a good point guard, and I think that is going to help them a lot. I think they needed. They were looking for a point guard last year. They were trying so hard to get a good point guard in Emmanuel Mudiay, and it just didn't pan out the way they wanted to. And then they had to run Jamal Murray at the point guard which was not a disaster, but you want a not a shot-first point guard, pretty much. Well, I mean, Isaiah would be a shot-first point guard, but he just runs the position a little better. Jamal Murray, you can tell his main position is a shooting guard. Yeah, it also I, I feel like it also depends a lot on their coaching because that's that's a that's a group of guys that if you put in, in markets like the Spurs with Pop or even, even like the Raptors and Dwayne Casey or Bradley Stevens with the Celtics, it's you know, the league is trending so heavily towards role playing and knowing your role and being able to being able to do your job basically. I mean Mike Malone's a pretty good coach. They've improved every year under him so far. Right, right. I'm just saying it's all it's you know, you gotta trust the process, man. If there's a system there, you gotta be willing to buy in. And I feel like Isaiah just didn't just didn't buy into lay GM last year. And even without Isaiah Thomas last year, they got knocked out the de- the, the last day of the season to the Timberwolves. Right. Damn, that and was a game. Did you guys watch that game? I watched that, that game, was, yeah. That was, <laughs> was such a good game. But, and I personally believe that the Nuggets would have performed better in the playoffs than the Timberwolves did too. I, I think the Nuggets were a better team than the Timberwolves. I thought the Timberwolves had too many chemistry issues. I don't know about that. Uh, definitely the talent was more there for the Timberwolves, but argue, but Better arguably chemistry. Denver has more talent this year. I think just the addition of Isaiah was. Are we, discount, are we discounting Jimmy Butler? No, we're not discounting him. He's going to be on the team next year. They have him locked up for another year. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to trade him yet. If they, I think midseason. I think should, it could should. happen midseason. Should get rid of him. I mean, they, he didn't even sign the extension. 
Well, it's going to be they're if they're going to trade either of the two, it's probably going to be Cat or Jimmy Butler because Andrew Wiggins' contract there's is too no much. Way there's no, no way. way nobody's no way. Cat. I don't believe they're going to trade. I think it's the one that's most likely to get traded would be Jimmy Butler. But no way they're going to be able to take anybody's going to try and get that Andrew Wiggins contract. That was way too much money. Oh, yeah. There's no way they could trade the Andrew Wiggins contract. Like He's just he's a one-dimensional guard or guard slash small forward. And he you're basically going to get around 20 points, four rebounds, two assists from him every time. It's, you look at his uh, stats, it's been like four rebounds, two assists, like every single year. He's not improving in any facet. All he does is shoot. And that's like the only thing. It, he's just a good scorer. He's not worth $150 million that he got. And before last year, I mean, he wasn't even he wasn't even on a playoff team. And that was before they got Jimmy Butler. And his stats went down when they got Jimmy Butler. So maybe he's just a good stats, bad team guy. That's what I'm starting to think. I don't think he can well, I mean, be integrated into Jimmy a better Ka- system. You added player Jimmy Butler's caliber. Of course, you're going to drop it. Your stats are going to drop a little bit. But... Uh, I get your point, though, that you're trying to make. I, I do think there is a potential for Andrew Wiggins to be a cog on a good team, and if they if Minnesota can get it together, he would be he, he could play a huge role in that team. But I feel like they have to settle it that Jimmy is the two is the second best player. But first, they have to settle the issues between him and Cat. Tibbs is not a role player kind of guy. No, he's not. He's his play his starters all the minutes. And he's a, he's a heavy this is, ISO kind of guy. This is the age of shooting in the NBA too. And the Timberwolves have no outside shooting whatsoever, pretty much. Jeff Teague, I think, might be their best outside shooter. If there's any Timberwolves fans listening, I'm sorry. I don't know your roster by heart. But I know they got rid of Belika? Belika? Belika. Belika. Well, he's right? gone now. But he was the best shooter on their team, and he played like eight minutes a game because Tom Thibodeau's a a terrible coach. I will say right now, Tom Thibodeau is a terrible current day NBA coach. He's the reason why his players get hurt. And I feel like when you're playing your players over forty minutes a game in the regular season, they shouldn't be playing above thirty five minutes a game for starters, unless you're LeBron. Well, LeBron could do whatever he wants. I'm playing that play game. Yeah. They I'm also playing. lost Jamal Crawford. I, well, unless if Jamal Crawford decides Jamal to Crawford sign back with been him. their best shooter. Jamal Crawford had an off year. He was not a good shooter last year. I don't think Jamal Crawford's ever been the best shooter anywhere. He's, he's just, just good he's at creating. Just, uh, he's just the creator. No damn clutch. Yeah, speaking of, we, uh, we might be talking bad about Jamal Crawford about his time in Portland, but... Uh, <laughs> Whatever. It's in the past. We're better without him. We're going to retire his jersey number. Uh, for Myers Leonard? Yeah, exactly. Can we, reti- can we retire Myers Leonard too? Uh, can we make him retire? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, that would be something. But, you know, our good old GM, Neil Shea, wouldn't do that. You met Myers. He's a nice guy. We got to leave it Leave it at that. Speaking of Neil Shea. Myers, please don't listen to the podcast. What? We don't. You don't mean that. You, you take him as a guest in a heartbeat. Yes, we would. I respect his game. He's that definitely. That is an invitation, Myers. Please come on the podcast. He's he's definitely probably a little bit better than me at basketball, maybe. And he has a beautiful dog. Shout out to you, Coco. <laughs> well, speaking of Neil Shea, segways are weird. Yeah, segues are weird, and we're segueing right now into Blazers Corner, the portion of every week where we dedicate our podcast to our beloved Portland Trailblazers. time of the podcast. Oh, yes, it is. Now, for some background information, you all know that Neil Shea is our general manager. Unfortunately. We're getting there. Um, and us in Portland, we loved Ed Davis. All of us did. He was just the... He was arguably the best backup center in the entire NBA and one of Damian Lillard's best friends. He just he just embodied Portland, really. He just really did just his hard work, his hustle. You, you will never find somebody that puts their heart more on the court than Ed Davis. He was the ultimate Portland dad guy. Every Portland dad loved him. Um, I loved him. But, well, yeah, oh, we I loved, loved him, him too. 
And Ed Davis expressed on numerous occasions that he wanted to stay in Portland. Ed Davis, you feel you feel free to be, come on the pod too. We love you. <laughs> we don't need it. Why? We don't need you to plug everybody to come onto the pod. I'm gonna plug him. He's he's like our dream guest. Did that? I mean, I I don't think of myself as a sensitive man, but did did anybody else cry when they saw that Ed Davis told the reporters that he wanted to come back? I that hurt. That brought a tear to my eye. A little <laughs> tear to my eye. Yeah, I was. That was really something. But uh, I mean, and he didn't even want that much money to stay. He was. Making, it was. He was making the same. He was making six million a year. He was making six million a season just this last year, and we probably could have brought him back on for less than that because he signed for even less to go to the Brooklyn to go to the Brooklyn Nets. But instead, and we got. He probably would have signed for even less money than the four point four million that he signed for to come back here. You know, I mean. He's not Ed Davis. Don't even try. No, yeah, I'm don't not. I'm try. not saying he's Ed Davis. He's a guard. He's a guard. That's not. I'm not saying we really don't have a backup center now. Which, speaking of what I was getting to, was that Neil Shea said in an interview just yesterday that the reason that we traded Ed Davis was not about money at all, but it was to the fact that he wanted to give Zach Collins more opportunity in the uh more opportunity on the court. That he, what do you guys think about that? Such a shitty excuse. Hold on, hold on. Let me rant. I am so, so tired of Neil Olshay trying to defend his shitty draft. Okay, Zach, I'm not talking about you, buddy. You, I, you're great. You're going to be something else. But I love you, Zach. You don't love your. What did we just say about plugging everybody? You just said you love him too. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but Neil Olshay, I feel like, does these things where he he makes moves to try and justify his picks, like paying Myers Leonard a ridiculous amount of money and telling him that, oh, the, you know, the five-year plan. The five-year plan is going to work out. Myers Leonard is going to become a viable role player. No. Year seven. Here we are. It's it, how, much money is, how much money is that guy making? Uh, it was, he was on a uh, four-year, $41 yeah, million yeah, dollar almost, contract. Almost, yeah, 10 mil a year to, to sit on the bench and post Instagram pictures. <laughs> oh. See? Oh wow, that was a, that was harsh. Yeah. Um, but the thing, Neil O'Shea, you can just tell with him, he can't decide whether he wants to rebuild or contend for a championship. If he's going to contend for a championship, you gotta let some of the rookie pieces go, and you gotta go add some veteran presence to your team. You can't like make make the finals with young rookies. It's pretty much impossible. He's always in rebuild mode. My favorite part about that is that he was preaching all offseason about how oh we need a playoff God. experience veteran on the team. Well, one, he didn't make the trade to do it. And two, Ed Davis is a playoff experience veteran, and he just went, nope, we're going to let you go. So I think that Neil Shea just does this at this point to uh, give himself the excuse, because he used this excuse in the playoff last year after we lost to the Pelicans in a sweep, by the way, that we were the youngest team in the NBA, the youngest team in the playoffs. I feel like Neil Shea at this point is just continuing to get rid of these veterans so that he can keep this excuse. Oh, we're the youngest team in the league. We're still a couple years away to defend all these crappy actions. Lillard, you just turned 28. You should be watching yourself right now so Neil Shea doesn't trade you so that we could be younger. You're too, you're too much of a veteran at this point, Lillard. You don't fit Neil Shea's rebuild plan as the youngest team in the league anymore. <laughs> With Ed Davis, his point of saying Land Ed Davis... <laughs> Making more time for Zach Collins was by getting rid of Ed Davis. They played at the same time. They played together. They were on the same team. If you wanted to make more time for Zach Collins, you should have got rid of Nurkic. You should have let Nurkic walk and then let Zach Collins step into the starting role because that's going to offer more minutes. I would have been a million times more okay with letting Nurkic walk than Ed Davis. An infinite. You can argue that, yeah. You can argue it, and uh, but by getting rid of Ed Davis, it's not like it's not making more playing time for Zach Collins. He's gonna get the same amount of minutes as he got last year because he's gonna stay in the same position. It's not making minutes for Zach Collins. It's making minutes for Caleb Swanigan. Is what it's doing. It's or even Myers Leonard, which is which would be a nightmare. So (laughs) Ed Davis' position will be Myers Leonard or Caleb Swanigan. And yeah. he might want it to be Caleb Swanigan because he's newer and he wants to show that he's going to pan out, which I don't think Caleb Swanigan's bad, 
but I don't know how his game's going to transition into the actual NBA games. He did great in Summer League, but I don't know how he's going to transition. Summer League translate to actual success in the NBA? Basically never. I think Gary Trent, our latest, one of our draft picks that we had this year, our second round pick, and I actually really did enjoy Anthony Simons in, in Summer League. He put up some pretty good stats, and he showed some pretty good promise for a young guard. I think Gary Trent can play automatically because of how good of a shooter he is. I think he's going to be able to score really well, and he might. I think he's going to do a better job at shooting threes than Pat Connaughton did for us. So Rest in peace uh, he probably will. That was where I've been warming up to Stauskas a little bit because I saw this one stat that showed their open three point percentages when they were just like wide open. Pat uh, was like six or seven percentage points lower than Stauskas. Oh, the fact that Stauskas can shoot open shots and actually hit them is good. I. I and he gives us virtually the same thing that Connaughton had, so I really don't see it's that moves more of a wash than anything like that. Just like you basically got a Connaughton for uh, minimum, you basically got another Connaughton. And I think the the good move that Olshay made over this off, this off season was I think Seth Curry was one of the most underrated additions of the off season. He was he was injured all of last season, but he he puts up good stats. He was very good for Dallas. He's real good for Dallas. I'm excited. Seth Curry is one of the only... uh, The fact that... Okay, the fact that we're sitting here talking about how Seth Curry is the biggest free market acquisition Portland has had in like the past three years is pathetic. That's basically... That basically encapsulates the entire Portland Trailblazers franchise. So we just upgraded Shabazz Napier. We just upgraded... Seth from Shabazz Napier, we upgraded to Seth Curry, if which that's is even a an pretty, upgrade. which is pretty. It's, pretty it's an upgrade. It's a, it's an upgrade. I think actually, I think Shabazz might have been better on the defensive end. Shabazz was pretty quick with the steals. He was pretty good he at led it. The team steals. He averaged like two a game. He was able to. He was able, when they, when he got back down on some by some big guys. He was able to he, knock it away. He, he actually defending for defending in the post. Yeah, he did yeah, really. That's good. A, yeah, because that's definitely all. I mean. Don't get me wrong. He was a really good defender at defending big guys, but that's not exactly the thing you look for in a point guard is being able to defend the post. You know what I'm saying? He shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. So I don't know what we were doing on off- on defense at that time, but we need to keep our guards off those big guys. Those of you who want to keep up Shabazz Napier, he'll be on our, apparently our new favorite team, the Brooklyn Trailblazers next season. Who also got Ed Davis? So look for that, you know we're going to be watching them. Look for that. We're going to talk about them a lot. Look for that Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier pick and roll over there in Brooklyn. I honestly, I really like Jared Allen over there in Brooklyn. I think him, he's going to learn a lot from Ed Davis. Should be good. So, back to the Blazers. What about that new Olshea press conference? Well, I'm still, as I obviously went through my rant on it already about how I feel like, watch out Lillard, you're getting too old. Um, so, but on the, on the topic of Lillard being too old, not too, he's not too old. He's 28. He's got what, two, three years left in this prime. Um, he's, he's probably got three to four years left three in his prime. Four. I'd say guys start plat guys start going down around like 33, 34-ish. The thing he's got going for him is he's a good shooter and that takes that doesn't go away. So I think he's going to always be a solid point guard in the NBA, but starter he might he's going to start to slip up here in a few, in a few years, but the real question is are we really is are the Blazers going to waste Dame's prime? What do you guys think? I think like will he will we ever have a team that can at least make it to, out of the second round while Dame is in Portland like while he's still under contract under this contract cycle. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up right now. His uh he is under contract. I be- I want to say until 2021. I'll check it out right now. We definitely don't have a chance of making it this year. Oh, no. I don't think there's any way we have a chance of making it this year. We yeah. have to hope for the Warriors to break up in the offseason. And if they don't, then it, it pretty much ruins Dame's So chance. you have two ways of looking at it when it comes. So at this, essentially, it's the league versus the Warriors right now. And you have two ways of looking at it. You have a Houston way of looking at it. And you have an LA way of looking at it. LA's way of looking at it is Magic Johnson's trying to build a team opposite of the Lakers, and Houston's trying to out 
or uh, build the team opposite of the Warriors, and Houston's trying to out-warrior the Warriors. So what, I mean, do we want to try and do one of those two things right now, or do we want to wait for post-Warrior era NBA? Well, right now, the Blazers are definitely in Houston's boat. They're trying to out-warrior the Warriors with all their three-point shooting. But maybe we should be going opposite, and we should be adding more length to our team. And I feel like the person that would have benefited our team a lot in the offseason if we signed him would have been Trevor Ariza. If we could have stolen Trevor Ariza from Phoenix, he would have been a good 3 and D guy for our team, which he would be, he would be an upgrade from Aminu. Yes, I love Aminu. But he would be definitely an upgrade from Aminu. He's a better three-point shooter than Aminu. And there was no way we could have signed him, but I think he would have helped our team a lot. It was even simpler than that. Um, We had the trade exception from the Allen Crabb trade a while ago, and uh, the Denver traded Wilson Chandler to the Sixers for basically nothing. Like, I'm pretty sure Denver actually gave up something to Philly. So I think they gave like a second round pick or something so that Philly would take Wilson Chandler's contract. And we had the trade exception worth up to 13 million, I believe, where we could have just absorbed that money pretty much. And it wouldn't have been a cap hit at all. We could have just taken Wilson Chandler off Denver and then boom, we have a serviceable three and D guy for the upcoming season. There is that veteran that Neil Shea wanted. The move was right there. And he didn't even pick up the phone. How many times does that happen, though? I mean, how many times are we going to sit here and say that Neil O'Shea didn't get the didn't get the big free or even or even Greg Monroe? He couldn't even get a free agent Greg Monroe to come to Portland. And when he said when his excuse was that he, turned out pretty good that he didn't sign to Portland, still, but, but, still, but still, still he was a big so name at the time. Signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, no, like no shot against the Bucks or anything, but that's hardly that's hardly a scapegoat for like, oh, he went to a big market team. That's that's just you just got flat out out. Same outplayed. thing with Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons that. signed with Memphis over Portland. Of course, God. that I, that was that awful. one. That one is a huge save for Portland's budget, and we ended up getting Evan Turner, which at least Evan Turner can play. That might be a plus or a downside. You guys can take it however you feel, <laughs> but. Chandler Parsons doesn't even play, and he played. Well, I I think he's back on Dallas. I think he got. I think he went back to Dallas. No, he's still on Memphis. He's I'm still, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he went back to Dallas. No, he's still locked think, under I think, contract. I think for Mark a few Cuban years. put him back on. Oh wait, you're right. Yeah, I no. think you're right. Yeah, he's he was in the same contract cycle as Evan Turner, so he's still locked into that for two more years. Yeah, he's still on okay. The he's on. He's on the Grizzlies. Is he gonna play next year? Probably not. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. So. Now that we've rambled on, if you had to do one thing to either A, rebuild the Blazers, or B, make them an immediate contender right now, what's your first step? (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. on the immediate contender part, we obviously went through that already with the, uh, you really could have, well, not saying that adding Wilson Chandler would have made the Blazers an immediate contender, but it would have been something. Talk, but that's I'm also talking. retaining Ed Davis, too. You have to count retaining our team from last year. Okay, but that was a solid And then adding Wilson Chandler. Wait, is that a true question? There's, like, literally no way to turn this team into a contender right now. What's your, that's why I'm saying. What's your first step? You have to trade the rookies. I think you have to trade Anthony Simons and Zach Collins. And maybe a veteran player. I don't know which one yet to get a better player. You need you need better players. What about CJ? I've won. I've thought about CJ at the, but I'm. I don't know if I'm ready to give him up yet. But CJ's younger than Dame. And he I is think, younger, but and he's he's one of the best scoring shooting guards. We're in the not league. rebuilding <laughs> around CJ. Exactly. We're, not, we're not rebuilding around CJ, that's um, for sure. Neil but... Shea, I think Neil Shea is smart enough to know that if he traded Dame, he would be fired within like the hour. If he traded Dame, I would expect like any time after that, CJ would be traded right after too, and we would be building around Zach Collins. The only uh, the only situation that plays out where I'm okay with Dame being traded is, is if he asks for one. Yeah, he's done enough for Portland that if he were to legitimately come out and ask for a trade, that I I wouldn't even be mad at him at this point. I really wouldn't. He's already considered probably the best Blazer in Blazer history, even though he's never made the Western Conference Finals. Nah, not he's, he's, he's up there. He's up he's, there. He's, he's, he's in the top five, three, maybe. He's probably behind Bill That's Walton. a discussion for another day. Yes, it is. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, so that's I think that's what I would do is I think I'd go trade CJ. I think you got I think you got to get a better forward. Would you do it this moment or would you wait to see midseason? Oh, hundred percent. I'd do it right now. I'd do it tomorrow if I could. What so, would you want in return? What do you think you would want? A forward. A forward. Um, if Jimmy Butler is really on the market, oh that God, would be the dream God. scenario right there. Do, oh, do we really do we really want to trade CJ for a one year rental of Jimmy Butler? Yes. yes. Just to try it the out. The thing is, I feel like people are growing more discontent with Olshay's complacency than they are with his lack of trying. I would be more okay with Neil O'Shea going out making a trade for a one year rental player rental like Kawhi or Jimmy Butler. You gotta, you gotta do, do something, do. man. You're wasting just, games. Prime. Just take a swing. Exactly. It's at one point, I, or else eventually he's going to take a swing, and it's going to be too late. I think. I think Portland as a whole would be much happier with Neil O'Shea if he just tried. Got to take some risks. Yeah, we're we're kind of ti- we're tired of hearing these small reports after the big name player ha- uh, goes somewhere saying, "Oh, we almost had him." Like when Boogie Cousins went to the Warriors, the first thing, one of the first things that came out was, "Oh, the Blazers almost had him, but they didn't." And it's not the first time something like that has happened. It happened with the Paul George trade as well. Just have just just talk about let's just talk about the long list of sorrows of Blazer fans. Didn't Paul George release a statement saying he would have if if Portland was anywhere else he would have come and played for us? Who was that? Was that Paul George? I don't think it was. I don't remember him saying anything. I don't remember like that. anybody saying that honestly. Paul George just said the other day. I just saw a tweet the other day. He's like, "Oh, I love Portland summers." He's in Portland right now, I think, or he was. And he was too bad. Portland summers only last for like two months. Yeah, Twitter. He was. Uh, everybody on Twitter was blowing up, saying Paul George to Portland confirmed. He just and, signed and, a and five-year max extension. With I'm pretty sure it was a four-year. It was it a three? No, three I'm pretty with sure a player option. I'm pretty sure it was three with a player option. I think Wyatt's right on there. Damn. Yeah. Got to check the Woj. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can actually just pull up this contract. Okay, well, well, Zach is uh, looking up what Paul George's contract is. We should transition into a new segment that is going to be on every week's episode of Small Ball Market. Uh, all our segments are new, by the way. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. But a new <laughs> segment to this podcast right now that we have oh, yeah. not, we have not, have not discussed previously and that is why it's lukewarm take so what's going to happen is every week why is going to come up with a quote-unquote hot take to give to us zach and i will uh, will discuss it and we are going to hash out why it's supposed hot take so Wyatt, what is your lukewarm take okay guys, okay, guys. i'm so ready i'm so ready Carmelo Anthony is actually going to make the Houston Rockets better next year. Straight away from the small market in the first week, huh? Well, it's going to I'm tying that in for why I think Carmelo Anthony is going to make the Rockets better next year. It ties into a small market because Carmelo Anthony played for the Thunder. And I personally believe that the reason he was so bad last year was because of Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook and let me let me say this. I am going to criticize Russell Westbrook on our very first podcast if, on Twitter. If this becomes any big at all, this is going to be a bad decision because I'm going to get so much backlash from the Westbrook fans because they're brutal. They really are honestly brutal. You can't say anything bad about Westbrook. And he averaged a triple double. Are we sure those weren't empty stats? Um, but I don't. I I really don't believe Westbrook makes his team better. He doesn't shoot a very good percentage. He doesn't... Well, this is how you know he's not a good team player, really. He doesn't set... Until they start do, he starts doing off-ball screens and cutting to the basket, that team is not going to be any better. And it's been proven in the past that the players that Russell Westbrook plays with aren't like get better after they leave. Victor Oladipo did it last year when he came to Indiana. How is Victor Oladipo supposed to become a good player when he touches the ball once every 10 times down the court? There's a big difference between Victor Oladipo and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, Carmelo. And Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony is a former scoring champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you're saying 
I, I'm trying. I'm trying to but defend But you're saying this. right now that D- Carmelo Anthony needs to be the scoring champion to help the Houston Rockets succeed? No, no okay. That's no, not okay. Gonna, no, 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 okay, no, no. Okay, so because you brought up the Houston Rockets and we're not supposed to be talking about them, we, we should focus more on that the Russell Westbrook makes his teammates worse aspect. I mean... I just want to say one more thing about that. Russell Westbrook... Is he had a lot of assists? I'll give him that, and I'm not taking away from Russell Westbrook. He is a hell of a player, and he gives a hundred percent effort every single time he gets on the court. He is one of the best guards in the league. I'm not taking that away from him. He's a great player, but I think Chris Paul and James Harden will know what to do with Melo more than he and Paul George did. I think CP3 and James Harden are going to be good enough to get Melo his spots, and yep. he's going to do way better on but- the Rockets than. He- than he did with the Thunder. I can't say that it'll make his win their wins go up. It might be around the same, if not lower. But definitely, I lower. think I think when it comes to playoff time, if they can integrate Carmelo into their system, he could the Rockets could end up being a better team. Uh, the big issue with Carmelo Anthony is that you the idea is that you think that he will buy into the system. If you watched that. Oklahoma City last season, he. Uh, he's got to be willing to come off the bench, I guess. No, he's not going to do that. Do you remember him in the OKC? The instant he went to OKC, they asked him the very first day, how would you feel about coming off the bench? And he's like, who, me? And started laughing. He's <laughs> not coming off the bench. End of the season, he did the same thing. He actually did like a week ago too, I think. Yeah, he's not going to come off the bench for anyone. And you know what? He already, he and Mike D'Antoni already don't get along. That's not gonna work out. It will. It, I can't see it working out at all. Do, do you Westbrook ever think that the D'Antoni issues. and Carmelo not liking each other is blown out of proportion, though? No. D'Antoni no. literally said that he quit his job partially because of Melo. Oh, so he's gonna quit Houston now too? No, he's not gonna quit Houston <laughs> because Houston could just wave Melo if it doesn't work out. You think D'Antoni can be like, let's trade Melo, <laughs> let's get a second round pick out of him? <laughs> It honestly be get worth that it. Second round pick in twenty twenty when they do the do the double draft. That yeah, whenever the NBA finally changes the uh, Neil hop on this. Yeah, whenever the NBA, yeah, whenever the NBA <laughs> no, finally please changes. don't. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's gonna. The trade Blazers every need veteran. more scoring. <laughs> we need another tall white pro- white guy for a project. Melo's not a tall white guy. No, I'm meaning for, for uh, Neil Olshay. Oh, Neil Olshay okay. for draft picks. Like you should start stockpiling draft picks. I thought you were, talking, thought you were talking about Carmelo because I was saying we should bring Carmelo we're in. We're inevitably going to waste all of our draft picks on tall, lanky white guys that don't actually contribute to a basketball team. I really think we should have drafted uh, Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> the Italian Michael Jordan. It was too late. He was picked at 17, but I would have loved DiVincenzo on our team or even Grayson Allen. No. That's a stretch there. I would not have wanted Grayson Allen uh, anywhere near the Blazers. Shout out to Wade Baldwin for getting all up in Grayson Allen's grill in the NBA Summer League. I agree. Wade Baldwin, man. On a, on a completely different random topic, Wade Baldwin is so good. Okay, okay. Yeah, we got to go back to why is lukewarm takes here. Because this, this was definitely a lukewarm take that played out way better in my head. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's gonna be the beauty of why it's lukewarm take of the week is sometimes they might actually be serviceable and they might actually uh might actually lead to a proper conversation and other times hey, I could say worse things than this. I does anybody at all think Houston could be better next year? No, no. There's not a chance that they're better. I next think they year. drop five to ten wins. I feel like Carmelo's taking too much slack for this. So not is getting too much slack for this. Slack, so. yeah. Flack, yeah, because. I, I just don't understand like why people are forgetting that he is a really good NBA player. Because all he and does he is just shoot, was... not play defense, and uh, I doesn't mean, he gets rebound. the occasional block. I mean, you've seen him when he gets in those zones where he grabs the rebound and yells for some reason. Yeah, he did that just to prove that he could grab a rebound. Then he stopped trying for the rest <laughs> of the game. Remember when he grabbed that rebound from Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, when he was trying to get that triple double. <laughs> And Russell Westbrook just looks so ticked off when he was stat. Oh yeah, that's another thing about Westbrook. He stat pads. Oh God, you're really digging deep there, aren't you? I'm gonna get crucified for this. He's throwing out the stat patter on the very first episode. That's such a that's such a hot hot topic of controversy. Are we gonna bring out? Want to talk about Russell Westbrook? No, no, we're we're gonna say that's for another day. 
Let's just wait till he screws up in the playoffs again and then gets them eliminated of a, a rookie leading rookie Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, well, the, they're going to be great. All right. Well, any anybody else got anything to add before we call it? Um, no. Carmelo for MVP. All right. On that steamy hot take, I think we're going to call it. That's a. Uh, that's this week's and the first ever. I'm just kidding, guys. He's not going to be MVP. <laughs> oh, nice try with the redemption there, buddy. Anyways, this is uh, that's been it from me, Zach, and Wyatt. Stop interrupting, Stop interrupting me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do the outro. Okay. Are you? Are you done? No, leave it in. <laughs> leave it in. Keep the struggle. Unfiltered. <laughs> Now that my intro's gone to total shit, I uh just tune in next week and me, Zach, and Wyatt will be here, hopefully weekly, to talk about what's going on around in the NBA. Follow us on Twitter at smallballmarket. And that's ex- spelt exactly how it sounds, no underscores, no nothing, just at smallballmarket. We are the original proprietors of that Twitter handle. You gotta get a patent. Surprisingly. <laughs> I'm honestly, I honestly was surprised that the name wasn't taken. That's because it's a brilliant name. Whoever came up with it should get a, paid a lot. That was me. That Don't was raise me. your hand. You said small ball, and I said market. Okay. So, so guys, we're not gonna we're not gonna argue about who created the stuff about the show, but Anyways, I created the concept. It's okay. <laughs> at small ball market, we'll, uh, we will be back next week. If you uh, want to hear us cover anything specific or talk about anything going on in the league, you can uh, comment on our Twitter page. And we will, uh... Are the DMs open? Uh, they'll be open. The DMs will be open. You heard it here first. Slide into our DMs. All right. We'll be back next week. See you later. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and rate only five stars. Or one star. Whatever you feel like. No, you definitely can only rate if you rate five stars. All right. Well, that is Small Ball Market.